Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode 42. My name is Kyle, a member of Christ Lutheran Church, a Wells Church in Eden Prairie. We begin today with Moments with the Master and Pastor Aaron Nitz. The portion of God's Word that we're going to look at today is from Philippians 1, verses 21 and 22. It reads, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. So is your heart still beating? Are you still breathing? Is your body temperature still somewhere around 98 degrees? Are you listening to this? If so, then the Lord has a mission, a purpose. He has work for you to do. The Apostle Paul had the right attitude about death. Death meant being with the Lord forever, enjoying the eternal joys that God has in store for his people. Death was a gain. But what about living? Living meant for him fruitful labor in serving the Lord by serving others. If God permitted him to go on living, then God had a purpose for him. Why are you still alive? God could have taken you home to be with him as soon as he brought you to faith in Jesus, your Savior. But you're still around. That means your life is an opportunity to serve him, to live for him, out of thanksgiving for what he's already done for you. How can you glorify God today? How can you exalt your Savior with your attitudes, with your words, with how you interact with those around you? What a gracious God we have who gives our lives meaning and purpose to live for him. I'm joyful to live for Christ, and so are you. God bless you on your day. Next, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 13, verses 1 to 12. Job is continuing his reply now to Zophar. In verse 2 and throughout the chapter, the you is plural, though. So Job is not responding just to to Zophar, but to all three of his friends. Verses 1 to 5. My eyes have seen all this, my ears have heard and understood it, What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you, but I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. You, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. If only you would be altogether silent. For you, that would be wisdom. Hmm. Job wants to take his argument to God. He is tired of squabbling with his friends. He calls them worthless physicians like the worthless shepherds of Zechariah 11. A rifa is a healer or a physician. This is a word that occurs in Second oh, Chronicles 16 and Jeremiah 8. And the, it's the Egyptian embalmers who are described that way with the same Hebrew word in Genesis 50. One commentary gives Job's words an emotional ring. You worthless quacks! Job finally comes out and says what we've been, thought, what we've been thinking all along. His friends did him more good during the first week when they said nothing at all. If they would go back to that, now that would be wisdom. One of the Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. Verse 6. Hear now my argument. Listen to the plea of my lips. The word plea in Hebrew is rivah a word that means a legal argument or a lawsuit. It's also in Deuteronomy 17. Although these men do not really constitute a court, 
Job's charges are serious. He is to the point where what they are saying about him could be considered slander. And Job needs to answer this. 7 to 12. Will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? Will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? Would it turn out well if he examined you? Could you deceive him as you might deceive men? He would surely rebuke you if you secretly showed partiality. Would not his splendor terrify you? Would not the dread of him fall on you? Your maxims are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. By now we've all realized this. The words of Job's friends sound good, but they do Job no good at all. He tells them, you think you'll gain God's favor by taking a stand against me when I'm down? The fact that you're not being pushed or punished or afflicted in some way doesn't mean that you're innocent. You're making up lies against God to defend his justice. Do you think God wants to be defended with lies or with half-truths? You can't make God small enough to fit into your theology. Now, I don't want to point a finger at any particular modern theologian or televangelist or religious author. We need to be careful that when, when we use a passage from the Bible, we're using it with the meaning it had when the author wrote it. It would be too easy to take a sentence from here and a phrase from there, all from the Bible, and, and come up with something that the Bible never actually says. Even ignoring the context of a passage can be dangerous. For example, in Genesis 25.1, we're told that Abraham took another wife. But that doesn't mean that God condones polygamy. And the verse right before that, Genesis 24.67, reminds us that Abraham's first wife, Sarah, had died. The answer to this example comes from Jesus himself. Jesus makes it clear that a man who even attempts to marry a woman after getting a divorce that violates God's word is guilty of sinning. He said that in Matthew 19. That's why we're so careful to proclaim Christ as the only way to heaven. That's exactly what the Bible means in every context. We're not saved by keeping the law of God because we can't keep the law of God perfectly. That's Galatians 3, 10, and 11. So we're saved through faith in Jesus alone. That's Galatians 13, 14. How does that happen? We were made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's Hebrews 10, 10. That's those passages in their context, meaning exactly what they say. That's not just something I wrote down. That's God's word for you. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith, and this is God's Word for You. Next, Chris Dreisbach sings He Moves in a Mysterious Way. out of my hands I'm stuck with a limited view but he knows what I'm gonna do he works
works in the future, leading the blind. My God is moving in a mysterious way, a pattern out of disarray. I'm on my knees to say, He moves in a mysterious way. in the storm said a word and the earth was born still reaching to care for the good of my soul can't say I understand but I know he has a master plan and I don't have to worry it's gonna be Pastor Tom Barthel shares the Canaan-bound devotion. Deliver us from evil. Genesis 19, 1-5 The two angels arrived at, at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had all gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called out to Lot, 
Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot is sitting at the city gate, the city gate often used as a public gathering place in ancient Mesopotamia. It was at the gate that the news was shared often when the most important business was taken place and transacted. Sometimes the trials and city judges would function from the gate. Lot, whether he was waiting for reports from his herdsmen in the fertile plains or just passing time, sees two angels. But it's clear that like they had done for Abraham and Sarah, the angels have hidden their identity and show themselves as ordinary visitors. Lot notices these two strangers and picks them out as outsiders, not like the locals who would pass by each evening. He dresses them with respect and offers them a place. The angels have nothing to fear. They need no lodging from Lot. But Lot acts in faith and desires to keep these visitors safe on their visit to his city. He knows how dangerous it would be for visitors to stay in the city square. He prepares a meal for them in haste. But it wasn't long before the news spread. The men of the city, of all ages, gained up and surrounded Lot's home. They began their demand that they might homosexually rape these two men. This is how the eyes of sinful flesh operate, and the hearts of sinful flesh carry their business. People are judged upon the sight and upon what you can get from them. The sinful flesh and all men see something which they might use and they desire to use it, be it money, material, possessions, or even a very personal thing like another's body. Having lost all desire by abuse of God's gifts and the denial of the natural knowledge of God, they, as Paul states it, were handed over by God to shameful lusts. Sexual sins are like all other sins. Allowing yourself to abuse God's gifts leads to a heart that is never satisfied in its abuse. The lust of men after woman, men after men, the endless pit of junk food, the filling of the home with clutter, whatever it might be, abuse and lustful desires do not satisfy. It will not satisfy when it's done in abuse and discontent and turning aside from following God's will. It's a strange thought, isn't it, that angels should interact with this world. We don't think on the spiritual world as often as we probably ought. There's more than the lust, the desire to satisfy and gratify sinful desires. There is a spiritual battle. Sin is real, and it grieves God, who we cannot see. His angels are real, though they are spirit and take up no space and matter like all we see. And sin is not an opinion or an invention or judgment of man. It is real, and it is the fallen spiritual condition of an entire race which has turned aside from God. And this wasn't just a handful of example here. It says the whole city of Sodom, the whole, all the men, every part, young and old, displayed the sorry and sad state of our sinful nature, lost, condemned, seeking pleasure through any means our hearts desire. The evidence is clear. God would destroy the city for its sin, and it wasn't just homosexuality. That sin was merely one trait, one symptom of a greater evil. Hearts which would not and could not fear, love, and trust in God who created them. Lot, of course, does display the evidence of faith here. But he isn't saved because he was kind to the strangers or because he showed them comfort and care. His hospitality was merely a trait, a fruit of faith, 
of one righteous in the sight of God through faith in him. What Lot completely lacked in righteousness, along with all the men of Sodom, he received through Christ and through faith in him. Lot was righteous like Abraham because he believed God. He was delivered from evil, the evil of his own sin. Keep your mind alert. Be mindful of the spiritual world. There is such a thing as sin and evil. Evil still surrounds, still taunts us, still tempts us, and dares you to resist it. Evil, which it would be so easy for our sinful flesh to just fall back on in the trap of seeking peace and satisfaction apart from God. There is evil. You were once part of that evil. But you have by grace been called out of it into the wonderful light of Jesus. You were delivered from evil. These two angels had accompanied the Lord when he came to speak to Abraham. They were not there for Lot to save them. They were there because they had come on a rescue mission. Lot thought he was protecting these men. We shall see who is protecting who. God also delivers us from physical evil too. We'll look at that more next time. Thank you, Lord, for your safety, you who deliver us from evil. Through Jesus, our Savior. Amen. We end today with a song from the Branches Band, Now the Day is Over. Now the day is over Night is drawing Through the long night
You've been listening to the Canaan Bound Podcast, episode 42. This podcast was first shared in October of 2013. We would like to again thank the artists that shared their music with us this week. To find more of their music, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. Once again, my name is Kyle. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells Ministry location near you. Thanks for listening.